Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. On this week's podcast, I'm joined by Chris Dilley. Hello. And uh, Daniel Creeper. Duck Hunt. Hola. Oh, hola. <laughs> Hello, pop people. Isn't that how you start all of your Did you mean to get us confused then? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sat in the wrong seat. I feel like I'm in the wrong seat. Um, what? Anyway, forget the intros. Chris, you were in San Diego last week. Ah, uh, yeah. You I were did. living the high life <laughs> with some of Hollywood's biggest A-listers, right? Indeed. Like? Bunch of superheroes. Who? Who was there? Who's uh, your, well, actually, well, let's talk about your biggest meet. My biggest later. meet and greet? Yeah. Later or now? No, later. That's what All right, well, what are you asking then? <laughs> I was trying to answer the question. <laughs> Tell me who you interviewed. <laughs> who did I interview? Um, well, not Hollywood's biggest stars, but some really interesting people, like Sue Virtue, who produces Sherlock. I interviewed I'm, all... I, I, when I saw the thumbnail of that, I was like, who the heck is Chris talking to? <laughs> well, it was on the thumbnail. that shouldn't have been on the thumbnail. Well, I saw, maybe it was the social thumbnail. Put, um, um, she produced I Remember Hearing Badly. Social thumbnail, what have I become? <laughs> <laughs> all the Doctor Who people who were surprisingly chipper. What, by all, who do you mean all? Uh, Peter Capaldi. Yep. Um, Jenna Coleman. Yep. Uh, Michelle Gomez, who plays Missy, a.k.a. The Master. Right. And Stephen Moffat, who's the showrunner, yeah, 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 who's yeah. normally quite grumpy, but he was in very, How's very jocular. How's Capaldi? Couldn't have been friendlier or happier. The opposite of what he plays. Okay. So I don't know if he was in a good mood or they all just decided to be on for the cameras, but he was actually quite warm and nice. Find out anything exciting? Not really. I mean, they were all being very... Uh, keeping their cards close to their chest about who uh, Maisie Williams is playing in the show. Sure. But they all seem very excited about her role. So I think it could be something very interesting, maybe in more than one episode. She's no one. But, um, it's interesting. Yeah, she was all about town, actually, as usual. She kind of makes her mark wherever she, she goes. She loves it. She's like, great she on do? social media. Yeah. She, 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 she's like a cat. <laughs> a, black, a, a, black, a black limo went past me. And everyone's, everyone's like, they, as they do at Comic-Con, roll the window, who are you? Roll your window down. <laughs> and the window comes down, it's her. She just starts waving. People went mental. Right. And um, you, she was just somewhere where you saw I her everywhere that. or she was photobombing. <laughs> I or just that. do that. Just do it like loops of the convention. <laughs> who are you? We know, we know it's you, Maisie. Um, did you interview them in the studio on the balcony? Uh, on the red carpet. Uh, the balcony thing's weird. It looks good. It's hard, but it's it awkward. Yeah, no, it looks hard. Because people are shouting things yeah. at you while you're doing the interview. <laughs> people are getting heckled. And you can hear them. The people watching can't hear because right. the microphones. But we can hear it quite well, so it's hard to not get distracted by... So, so what was the, the best heckle? A lot. Well, because you're not really listening to them. It's, really? there's, there's quite... I, I mean, there's either people that recognise the celebs, so yeah. that's, that's fine. Not you. But no. But Aww. sometimes... Uh, there are there, there are quite a few religious groups that go there mm. to tell us we're all going to hell for liking Game of Thrones or whatever, and so they're kind of down there just shouting things at us, which is that's quite funny. What I like the most about that is there's a new Omen TV show called Damien coming on, yeah. and some people were being paid to promote that, holding similar signs, and they were following <laughs> the Christians round, just saying, you know, uh, Damien is coming back, and yeah. the devil is, and that was just wherever I looked, and that was happening. Right. It was funny. 
Um, what else? Who else did I interview? The one I was most excited about, but ended up not really working out, was Tarantino's new movie, The Hateful Eight. So I went and did the press line for that, and Tarantino showed up. I was there for two hours. Tarantino showed up with one minute to go and didn't answer a single question. Good. And then sort of the biggest star in the movie, Kurt Russell, was brought over to me, and just as I was asking my first question, he was just pulled away. What was going to be that question, Chris? Uh, it was What's the, the same, killer opening question? It was, it was quite like? a boring question, but you, you may, probably overboard. only get two. Yeah. So the question was going to be, um, who do you play? Because we were going to do, we did a video called Who Are The Hateful Eight? Yeah. And uh, I got, I got... Um, you asked Tim Roth? Tim Roth, Michael Madsen. So Tim Roth saying nothing. My second question was going to be a really good news vid though. Uh, what do you think about The Rock being cast in Big Trouble in Little China? How do you feel about that? Oh. You're not going to ask him about Overboard it. too. No. I used to really um, like... oh, oh, Overboard again. <laughs> Um, Who's seen Overboard, Alex? Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> That's a quasi movie. It's a good movie. I like that bit where he makes a little um, cabinet for shoes. <laughs> like you turn a handle and there's, a, there's another layer. Yeah, cool That's, how, that's great. That's great. great. Carpenter. Different values back then. Um, yeah, so I, I didn't. I wasn't interviewing maybe the A-listers, I don't think. <laughs> M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan. Was the it's qu- good that you're going to admit that on this podcast. Jason Blum, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. People I wanted to interview, though. Yeah. I mean, the Pride and Prejudice of Zombies people. Mm. The mashup. <laughs> whatevs They've, one of them was very handsome okay so as someone that was on the ground what's yeah. your kind of personal highlight of the show well it's hard because you're working you miss a lot of the panels so um, you guys saw a lot of things before I saw it which is kind of <coughs> annoying when you're there same as E3 yeah, yeah I think it was it was maybe a, two days before I saw the Batman v Superman trailer right because I kept forgetting and I was just running around and then someone says have you seen it no I haven't yeah um but I was in the Universal and Fox panels on uh, Saturday. So those were two big ones. Yeah. So uh, I, that was when I did get to see stuff. So I was really excited to see um, X-Men Apocalypse and Deadpool. Mm. Yeah. And uh, the, f- the thing actually I probably most enjoyed was, because it's more up my street, was Krampus. What's that? Do you know about Krampus? No. So Krampus is, is uh, it's a European folktale. I think it comes out of Austria and it's like an evil version of Santa who will rather than give you presents on Christmas uh, because you've been well behaved he just won't eat you and take you away if you're well behaved so it's kind of a reverse and there's not been really it's like a great concept and there's not probably not a film that I'd show any of my kids but you'd show them them gremlins eventually and I think it's when they're quite old yeah this guy Mike Doherty who did the film Trick or Treat he's done a movie based on Krampus which is looks it looked like it was in the gremlins zone like funny but really good scares and kind of a funny horrible creature Right. So they showed the trailer for that, which was which was really good. Yeah, that that had me most excited. But yeah, being there for the the um, the X Men footage, seeing Apocalypse for the first time was really exciting. If you were just a punter, so if someone's listening to this podcast right now, going, oh, I really love the look of Comic Con this year. I want to go next yeah. year. Like, what's it like if you were just a punter? Like, is there loads of stuff to do in addition to the panels? And if you wanted to go to the panels, like, how long are you th- realistically looking at queuing? Yeah, I think I think. I don't know because I haven't had to, but I think you're queuing for a good 10 hours to get into the Universal or the Fox panel. It's like you, you pick one panel for the day. But the That's thing the is... One th- but then there's, there's other stuff there. The thing like, is, though, the, the reason people queue overnight is once you're in Hall H, <clears throat> you don't have to leave. Right. You can that, stay for the whole day. And that's where all the big stuff Yeah, and so you could, if you do camp overnight you're, for the Star Wars, you'll yeah. be there for, to see every up, other panel that day. Right. So... You just have to pick and choose. But I think rather than doing 10 things in a day, you can do one or two things. Well, that's a bit like Gamescom when we've been there before. And people, 
literally like two games, in. two games, like two all day. Queue, but... And then they're in that queue for six hours yeah. or something to play a game. And I guess like, minutes, you know, the panels are like one aspect of it. It's like, it's the, the, the community I thing. I think the cosplaying like, makes it very sociable. Yeah. So you'd actually, I think you just go there to make friends hang and hang out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like, go out in the evening. You know, pick and, up like, a few toys. and Sweet toys. Yeah. Lots of cool toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what what stuff did you see from your side of the Atlantic? So I was kind of like, I was watching a lot of our stuff anyway, because, you know... We, you we, 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 it's we, the best stuff. Yeah. We had, some, we had some awesome people on the stream, so that was kind of keeping it uh, like yeah. on top of it. But also, once I knew the WB panel was happening, I was right on it, trying, like, watching kind of live blogs. Yeah. Trying to get the news. And it was great that... As soon as kind of they showed the trailer at Comic Con, the uh, Batman versus Superman, that because I also had in another tab open, I had the Warner Brothers YouTube channel because mm. I thought they'd drop it. They didn't confirm it, but it seemed like they might, and it, they released it eh, like ten minutes later. Yeah, it was almost pretty immediately. So I just watched that on loop about for about like ten times on Saturday yeah. night. So that's what I find very strange about it all is <clears> that. <throat> Obviously, as a punter, you're going in there and you're seeing all these amazing trailers, you know, um, Batman, Superman, Deadpool, Suicide Warcraft, Squad. Suicide. Like, but they're not releasing them officially online apart from, apart from that Batman one. Superman. Yeah. Um, but yet, like they're being leaked online. Like, mm. why would you not control that and have good quality versions of those trailers going up? It's a public forum. Of course Great. it's going to leak. And I'm pretty sure we- that every single trailer that went up there has been leaked since yeah like we were waiting on Warcraft I think and then eventually it's just like yesterday and, oh did it yeah and Duncan Jones did quite a funny uh, tweet about it so he what, the, re- the, the really long yeah yeah it was like uh, almost five minutes or yeah something yeah yeah. what did he say uh, he was like you know, me in emergency marketing meetings and it was a picture of Jeff, Jeff Goldblum from um, Jurassic Park saying life always finds a way <laughs> this kind of stuff it's like a perfect combination. The people who are very tax savvy yeah. in a room with their phones and computers, yeah. and it's about a subject that people are intensely interested mm. on the internet about it. Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. But I wouldn't surprise that Warcraft one has come from a different source as it's been a few days. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine someone would sit on it and then suddenly. Well, it was definitely it. shot from the audience. Because, ah, okay. Because like, so the two that I've seen most recently was the Warcraft one and the Deadpool one. Yeah, and then. The, the thing that's kind of cool about it is that you're not only seeing the trailer, but hearing reactions. The reactions yeah, is brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. because, like, the Deadpool stuff is hilarious because people are just losing their, their shit. Yeah, over yeah, it. yeah. Um, but Warcraft, I just I don't think people really kind of knew what to expect from that trailer, and it is kind of I don't think what's up online right now probably does it justice. And also, but but a lot long. of it, a lot of it was people trying to hear what they were saying. Right. I could not understand what the orcs were saying. And I hope that's not a problem with the mix. I hope that was a problem with the, the, the audio the room, in the auditorium. The acoustics, yeah. Um, but, you know, I was, I was hearing other ones better. But, yeah, it was, it was just, I, w- I was really straining to, because I, I was trying to make notes, because I was trying to write it up, yeah. uh, writing down some of the dialogue so I'd be able to kind of repeat. And, and I, I was not getting much of it. You were waiting mm. for that leaked version of the thing. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd known. So I wish I'd known. Yeah. Should we go through spe- specifics, go through each trailer, or, like, the main ones and... Yeah, so I, well, obviously the big one was Batman versus Superman. I yes, guess. and I've been quite open about that before uh, Comic Con. I've been a little bit lukewarm, but I really enjoyed the trailer. I think um, I think everyone's on the same page. It's a aren't satisfying I think everyone was yeah. very disappointed with the first trailer. I almost, I mean, I, we said at the time of the Super Show, why release that when it's? Did, did anyone really think that was going to get people excited? Yeah. Why not wait? And then this trailer, 
there's moments in it that get you really excited. Yeah. You what you want to see that now. Yeah. yeah. I still think it's going to be horribly complicated and overlong. Yeah. But, but I, I think, think it, uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne looks great. I don't think there's any surprise that Snyder can deliver a visually stunning trailer. Yeah. Like yeah. Man of Steel trailers are stunning. Like yeah. any still from... You take a lot of stills from a Snyder movie and go, look at that. Frame that. Looks beautiful. Framing. Like, composition's great. And there's loads of shots in that trailer where he's like, that looks amazing. There's like, there's a scene where Batman's on the side of a building he's about to grapple and lightning flashes behind him. And it's actually the cover of The Dark Knight Returns. Mm. And he's just, he's, he's just like riffing and he's like combining all this kind of imagery. And he's a great visualist. You do watch and go, that's going to be three and a half hours. Mm. And yeah. like the stuff in the desert, I assume that's a dream sequence. Mm. There's loads of like crazy stuff Woman in that. In yeah. To give her enough She's got a secret identity in it, like it seems. Yeah. Justify How long is Aquaman's going to be in it? If yeah. nothing else, the, the scene where Bruce Wayne is running into what looks, for all intents and purposes, like 9-11. Yeah. Everyone's running out of the disaster. He runs in. Is an amazing that, that, moment that, in that, that trailer. That's the highlight of the, the, it's the, great. the trailer. Like it looks like Superman's vision is like cutting Yeah, that looks is horrible. Like seeing it from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, interesting. But that suddenly went from not interested to actually, you know, you, you kinda got me. Let's see, As what, it should let's see be. what's going on it's here. Freaking Batman v Superman. I know like, that, but crazy know that my we opinion don't feel on, that. on but it's Zack Schneider is my problem. That's yeah. I don't think he's a great storyteller. Uh, and I think there's probably still much too much going on in there um the other i guess the biggest surprise for me was deadpool because i really like that and in amongst a load of like superhero films that are taking themselves way too seriously it was just a little bit of light-hearted relief i agree we're always saying the superhero show we want something a bit different yeah you know and that's what guardians gave us and and it feels like that will give us something that's just totally off the wall compared to what else yeah almost more of what I was kind of hoping Ant-Man would be, even though I liked Ant-Man and Ant-Man isn't Deadpool. Yeah. I just thought it, it would, I thought Ant-Man would be a bit braver in going a bit stranger and off the wall and, and, and kind of, um, you know, not following the Marvel formula. And yeah, I've, I've, it looked like fun. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I fear I might get annoyed with that character sure. over the course of two hours, but I guess that's the challenge they've got. Plus maybe you're supposed, you know, you're supposed to be annoyed with him. You're I supposed think- to enjoy watching him get his head kicked in and, yeah. and coming back well like one of the points that you made earlier is that there's because I remember seeing some negative reaction uh, I think there's a lot of people who's like it's a really short trailer you can't say what the rest of the human in the movie and there's if you were cutting that trailer you you probably would put a lot of those lines in because they're good lines and it's just like obviously in the comics a lot of his humour doesn't rely upon him saying you know mother effer yeah. And saying shit repeatedly and using obscenity. Yeah. So a lot of the humor comes from him being self-aware of the Marvel universe and using parody and satire yeah. and all those sort of things. Maybe harder to convey them in the trailer. There was glimpses of it because when he said, "Please don't make the suit green or animated," yeah. that's an awareness and a sense of humor that I think is more associated with the character than just being foul-mouthed. Yeah. But obviously, that's it makes for a good trailer to put that stuff in and also immediately it says this is different to yeah. other stuff you've seen yeah. um, I think the suit looks amazing though and yeah. there's a, I mean, when he shoots some, three people through the head say, it's, it's really a really stylish f- moment in exactly. that trailer yeah um, but then obviously the one that uh, I guess there's a lot of kind of talk about is Suicide Squad uh, and I really didn't like it no. Like we chatted about it briefly. I think that's been the most text. divisive one because yeah. there's loads of people who really dig it. Yeah. Like, 
even internally at IGN, there's like an email thread going around about it. And loads of people seem like, oh, I was so down on this movie after all the kind of the officially released mm. stills and the unofficially leaked stills and mobile phone shots. And those are those people like really into it suddenly. I think we're all in the, this room a bit more reserved about it. Mm. Like, I think it's a really cool choice of song and it's cut together quite yeah. well into a trailer. Yeah. Like, I think the trailer is okay, quite like some of the footage in it, but I still think I don't really know what they want to do with that movie because in the trailer, it looks like you've got multiple origin stories. Yeah. Because you can see Harley before she's Harley. You can see Enchantress before she's Enchantress. Deadshot before he's Deadshot. Yeah. So I wonder if the structure of the movie is almost like the TV version of like Stephen King's It, where you've got like, maybe go on one mission, and through that end. mission, yeah. you have oh, a I moment see, with yeah, each yeah. character, and it's like a flashback for that character, yeah. or something like that. Mm. It was just Which the, is was, a bit unwieldy. But the line from Will Smith where he's like, so what, we're kind of some kind of suicide squad? No, so we're the patsies. The suicide. Oh. Is that the thread going around, though? Which, yes. Um, I mean, every, every movie. Ever yeah. made, yeah. that should, that should so be we're going thing. back to the future? Yeah. They actually do say that in Back to the Future, though. Yeah. So. so what about Joker? Because obviously that was the kind of big finishing point. <laughs> That's my like? impression. No so. like? Um, I, I've... Likey I fear with this likey. one, uh, like I said with Deadpool, I fear that over the course of two hours that Harley Quinn and maybe <laughs> Jared Leto's Joker will get on my nerves. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we're a long way out and you can't judge on a bit of footage. But, you know, these very broad performances that mm. are very over the top, they can go either way. They can really go either How way. How did you feel about when you watched the trailers for Dark Knight and obviously Heath Ledger's Joker? I was pretty excited. I was pretty excited when I saw that. Okay, it, it was so different and yeah. so unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this almost feels like a bit of a variation on what he did, a bit of a but taking it maybe even like more over the top. version of that. Yeah, and it's it's really unfair because it's like you're getting a glimpse of, course, of a line of here and there. But I'm suitably intrigued. Yeah. I, I still think he's a really good actor. Yeah. yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I never found the Heath Ledger Joker to be annoying at any point. No. I was just kind of scared of him. But just, yeah, properly off the scale. Wasn't yeah. particularly scared of this one in, yeah. the, in those glimpses. I don't know, I feel like just, there's so little of it in that trailer, so you're, you're over-extracting from a small amount. Mm. But I, I didn't mind, I thought his voice was quite good. Like, the, the, he kind of growls the, like, oh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna kill you. And he, like, no. growls on it. But again, you don't know what the rest of it's no. going to be like. And it's one scene where he's not got his shirt on and... What's the rest of his costume going to be hot. like? Yeah. But, like, it's a torture scene. Yeah. He's torturing Harley in that scene to make her into Harley Quinn rather yeah. than Dr. Quinzel. It's quite, it's quite Again, a horrible a, thing. And also, a brief glimpse of Batman on the, the back of Joker's car. Yeah, and also, like, you extract, like, go back from that. You know, Marvel appeals to everyone. Yeah. Like, you can, like, cuts across lots of ages. People yeah. go see it multiple times. Making a film called Suicide Squad, and there's, like, a torture scene where. Yeah. You know, a sexually charged torture scene where he tortures this woman to the point where she falls in love with him. That's a pretty twisted thing to put into a, a summer movie. Sure. Or like a mainstream but movie. But surely it's not going to go that far. Sure. It'll still be a 12A, I guess, yeah. but ultimately you've got a movie called Suicide what? Squad. It was Dark Knight 15. No, 12A. 12. 12. 12. We're going to get two Batman films in one summer. That is the insane thing. <laughs> I like Batman, but maybe that's too what much. Wouldn't you? <laughs> We'll see how much we get of him in in that one. Um, obviously, Star Wars was there. 
uh, heavily, heavily hyped, but we heard before Comic-Con started that they wouldn't show any new footage. Mm. I didn't believe that, but it actually was true. We got the three-minute sort of sizzle reel behind the scenes, which was amazing. That was enough for me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really special. Like, but I think, I think, you know, for our site and for, stuff, for, for the people there, they wanted to see something new. Mm. I was happy with that. Like, even, like I said before, like even seeing um, the Millennium Falcon cockpit on hydraulics to show that that's the level of detail they're going uh, to in terms of like, practical effects and physicality. That's, that excites me. I want that. Yeah, I mean, I think we get the point now that they're doing practical effects. Also, stuff. I don't care. And they're just slamming <laughs> it down but, but, my throat. But, 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 it's but like, also, tell me something also, new. Not that it's disingenuous. Like, obviously, everything they say in that trailer is a real thing. It's going to have as many visual effects as of Age of Ultron. It's going to have so many visual sure. effects. Well, of course. Of course, and that's the thing. Like, it's the same... Like, you get what you're saying. They're really thrusting that upon you, which yeah. is great. And yeah. it's, like, it's like Fury Road. Fury yeah, Road, like, had loads of visual effects. Yeah. It's the blend, I think, more than yeah, yeah, yeah. the... the, the but, but even, like, you know, all of the kind of robots, all of the, like, aliens and stuff like that, you know, the shots of those kind of big alien with, like... Yeah, but what I'm saying is they're choosing to feels... foreground those elements. Because, yeah. you know, um, Lupita Nyong'o's character is entirely CGI, yeah. and so is Andy Serkis. Yeah. Those are two major characters, and they're not... They're not being put into the spotlight. They're going, look at all these, like, background characters. Yeah. So I like I completely like there's loads of practical effects in it, but it's like for instance I don't hate yeah. Star Wars, but I'm just saying there's two yep. major characters that are entirely CGI. They'll get yeah. to that. They They've, will get to yeah. that. Yeah, but, um, but it's, it's, that's the marketing campaign. If you're gonna like message against the prequels and everything that everyone hated, obviously you play into that. So it didn't it didn't make as big a, a splash on our site as maybe I thought it might do. Um, and then the big thing of it was the fact that they took everyone off to watch a concert that of John Williams music. And everyone got a lightsaber. And it just looked absolutely amazing. And you watched it from afar. I watched it. <laughs> I watched the fireworks from my hotel bedroom because I felt, I felt tired and sick. It was all catching up with me, the jet lag. Could you have gone? Uh, I might have been able to find a way, but right. I think I, yeah, I was just too tired. But, um, God damn it, Tilly. Well, G- Jim and people had tickets but couldn't go because they had to go back to the studio and do work. Right. That would have been really annoying yeah, if I had yeah. tickets. Uh, there was one loser, though, when it came to that particular uh, concert, um, because Chris Hardwick, who was hosting, said to everyone, you know, exciting news, anyone who wants to come, we're taking all 6,000 of you to watch this concert. So how many were in the room? Uh, 6,500, I think, are in that room. Holy hell. Right. Uh, uh, Kevin Smith was the person who was up next in Hall H to do a oh. panel, and everyone left. <laughs> He's just there. Like uh, apparently, I heard the next day that he, Chris Hardwick had just got a text from got a text from him moments after saying, "By the way, buddy, my, my panel's up next. So t- make sure everyone st- sticks around." Oh god! <laughs> oh my Poor gosh. Kevin Smith, that the is... biggest Star Wars fan in the world. Yeah, he should have just gone. <laughs> yeah, take the audience with him. Let's just go. Let's go. I'll, I'll chat to you over there, one to one. Gary Witter, who's been on the podcast and who uh, I interviewed while we were there. He, he was tweeting, he was calling it Our Generation's Woodstock, that concert. <laughs> I think he was getting swept away by the emotion of it all. Bless. So one thing I didn't really get. Sure. Um, Ash versus Evil Dead. You didn't get it? I don't get it. I've never got the Evil Dead. Fair enough. Well, you're probably, well, probably not for you then. Yeah. Like, no, all, but all... Like, I don't know. It just feels like a movie that I will never, ever see. In... TV show. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, That's yeah. That's probably why I'll never see it. You can get it. It's like, why are they making a 13-hour movie? Never going to work. 
What? That sounds like a terrible idea doing a TV yeah, show. Yeah, I think like. I, I thought Evil Dead was Stars. good. Evil Dead 2 was really good. Army of Darkness, when I revisited, I found just the, the humour a bit too broad. And, yeah. uh, and this looks like it's more that than the, the real horror. So yeah, yeah. I'll definitely watch it. Like I do I do like that character. I like Bruce Campbell, but yeah. that that's a show that could... I'm, there's lots of things that might annoy me this year. But yeah, that's a show that could really annoy me if... Uh, if it's not done right. So if you had to pick one highlight from Comic-Con, what's yours? Well, the Danger Mouse announcement. Really? No. Okay. Did you see the Danger Mouse <laughs> I announcement, heard about though? It, yes, yeah. That's pretty cool casting. What is it again? Yeah, but I was asking for your highlight. I watched uh, Alexander Armstrong's playing Danger Mouse. Kevin, Ol- Kevin Eldon's playing Penfold. Stephen Fry is Colonel K. John Oliver's playing the werewolf doctor in it. Uh, Lena Headey's in it. There's some good casting. In yeah, it. Lena Headey. That's uh, my highlight was meeting my favourite actor ever, Bill Murray. Uh, it didn't go particularly well. It didn't go as I kind of wanted it to go. <laughs> you must have dre- you've dreamt of this moment. Yeah, just wanted you've to spent go right. Your entire career building up to this. Yeah, I didn't even want to interview him. I just wanted okay. to meet him in a social, and I, I did meet him in a social. Okay, so how did it happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah how did exactly. I tell so through it? I went in the toilet. <laughs> Always, every Tilly story. As listeners the to the podcast, regular listeners will know that's where I do my do stuff. All your business. Uh, <laughs> and I clocked him and thought, oh, got a chance to meet him. And In so, the toilet. so I didn't go to the toilet. I just pretended to blow my nose and went out and waited for him and thought, oh, what do I say? And I thought, well, let's just be really polite. He's, you know, he looks like he's in a hurry, but I'd love to get a picture taken. So I said, excuse me, Mr. Murray, is there any chance of. Um, having a photograph with you which was, makes me cringe because I hate doing that but well uh, it's once in a while he said uh, he said well yes, it's very rude for, for you to do that like that you know <laughs> I, I've got you know do you have a name introduce yourself we can have a conversation then you are don't just come up to someone don't just come up to someone and ask them a question like that and I said oh, I'm sorry I just thought you if you're in a rush you wouldn't want to <laughs> stick around and have like small talk and he's like well what's your name and I said, Chris, he goes, there you go. That's how you do it. That's how you have a conversation. Like really patronising oh, and rude. And I felt about this big. <laughs> what was he, and, do you think he was joking? Was he joking? No, like, I've, I've like- heard since that he does that. Like he gets annoyed that people just ask him for things without talking to him. So the, the security guard took the camera and we did the photo and the bloody ca- uh, the guy couldn't get the camera to work or something. <sighs> the usual. And then he gave it back to me. And I, I've got a sense that he felt a little bit bad about what he said to me. So he said, where, where are you from, Chris? And I said, London. He said, never heard of it. And just kind of walked off. <laughs> so he got his laugh. Like, it's quite funny. And he just walked off into the sunset. And so I was like, oh, well, at least I got my Bill Murray joke. Yeah. yeah. And so... And you got a good picture That's as well. a good joke. Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good picture. picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I couldn't look any happier. <laughs> you couldn't look any happier. He couldn't look... Like, if you'd have got the camera back and it was blurred or oh, yeah. like a thumb in front of it or something Well, the like first that. one was. That's why the guy taken oh, a bad did, picture. Okay. Right. But also, it was because that day as well, it had been ups and downs. I'd found out he was there the night before. I spent two hours <laughs> trying to convince the publicist to bring him to the studio. Yeah. They agreed to, and then that morning they said, it's 50-50, but we think he'll come. Um, Chris Carl told me that I was doing the interview, so I, I prepped all my questions, right. and then I got a text from Chris saying, yeah, it's not, it's not happening anymore. So I was really down... And then saw him. So you did. You should have said like I was. No, just... it was in my head. Oh, it was hi. in my head. But like, it was just like, oh, is this going to make things awkward? If I don't, well, it look like look like I'm being rude to him, saying you blew me out, and we. Oh, well, it. I wasn't going to suggest that, but just saying that you know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm so excited to meet <laughs> I was you. Ask you, about but, you know, Tinder. it's fate. It's destiny. I just the the, the it, it wasn't going well, <laughs> so I was just like wanted it to stop. Oh. So that was my best and worst moment. What about you, Creeper? 
Oh, I can't follow that. I'm just going to say, oh, I like this trailer. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> Great. Do the Danger Mouse thing. Yeah, well, a, yeah Danger Mouse was good. <laughs> I don't know what to say now. I've got no story. I was in my bedroom watching fucking trailers. You could say um, watching one of my interviews was quite entertaining. So I watched um, a master at work repeatedly over the weekend. <laughs> I had ups and downs, let's be honest. Sure, okay. my, my- yeah, sorry, I'm going to recount the highs and lows of Chris Lee at Comic Con <laughs> from afar. So the first, um, so as soon as I tune in on Friday night, one of the first things I actually saw on our live stream was um, the eminent... Chris Tilly interviewing Sue Virtue and I can't remember the chap's name Rupert Graves plays Lestrade in Sherlock you yep. were interviewing them about the Christmas special but it was awkward in the stream because he called it the Christmas special they don't call it the Christmas special no. they just call it the special yep. and then they made okay. a point about saying that on the stream to Chris who was interviewing yeah. them live but it was good it yeah. was eating up time I think it's because it might not screen at Christmas yeah the <laughs> they didn't want to commit right. so, so, Chris, is a Christmas special. so Chris was interviewing the two of them for about 10 minutes before they did their panel late in the day about the special Therefore, they couldn't say anything about said special mm. to Chris. They couldn't even say they were showing a trailer in the in the panel <laughs> that was going to be like an hour later. That's so, really bad. So timing. basically, it was Chris speaking to a man and a woman for ten minutes <laughs> about something. It's really cryptic, but Chris navigated it with good humour and panache. Yes. We had a laugh, didn't we? Yeah, no, it was it was funny, but it was a bit like maybe you schedule this after they've done the panel yeah, maybe know, or something like that yeah. um, so that was quite funny and then another highlight of mine was um, seeing Chris interview Gary Witter yeah where in the first minute you got the name of his Star Wars movie wrong yeah. and you held up his book upside down yeah <laughs> I think it was 30 seconds rather than a minute and rather than let it go he just absolutely <laughs> battered me for it <laughs> You really do. He's like, he's like, Chris. I know I've thrown you. He <laughs> <laughs> was really apologetic afterwards. Um, it really hurt me. Another great um, <laughs> moment was when you interviewed Mike Tyson. Oh, and Mike Tyson. You, Brian O'Tana, and um, Max, I think, yeah. all were interviewing uh, Mike Tyson about yeah. his cartoon. Which and was, he was 15 minutes late, which we were sitting there waiting, which just made it all the worse, waiting for him to come in, like the heavyweight so, friggin' champion. Obviously, just like long, rambling answers. <sighs> and it was a short section, and then they needed to rap, and they wouldn't rap. They couldn't rap it because he kept talking. Right. And then, at the last minute, he started talking about childhood trauma yeah. and speaking to his therapist. It's like, yeah, it's like when you have childhood trauma and you talk about this to your therapist, and your therapist says that's time for today, and you still got stuff to say. And like, they just dipped the lights on them yeah. all. <laughs> also, Chris annoyed. is really brave. He's right next to Mike Tyson, and Chris's first question was like, So, what's like playing the good guy for a change? <laughs> I actually said one time night Shyamalan that afterwards I heard a couple of people laugh in the in the studio. I thought, well, that was that was quite rude. Uh, I asked him. I asked him. You know, <laughs> that's your style. Is there, you know, is there any chance of you know we're at Comic Con? Any chance of you making a good film? Un- <laughs> Unbreakable is the closest you've come to a superhero movie, and that film only really got going in the last two minutes. So, are you going to do another one? And then I was just like, yeah, that's a really rude thing to say to a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not exactly what I meant, you know. If you've seen yeah, Unbreakable, yeah, yeah. it only really happens it, in the last turns, two minutes. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just reword that next time. But he was good. He gave. I mean, we got the exclusive there that he said he. He's really seriously thinking about doing it now. Right. Uh, maybe it's a TV show, Unbreakable. Mm. What was yours? It's really boring. Star Wars. I don't care what everybody else says. I'm so hyped about Star Wars. Well, to be honest, I a lot of people like it. Everyone else is hyped for it. But you're so down on it. It's like, oh yeah, no. people are more excited about that. Like, uh, no, they just I'm, they just didn't bring new footage. That I was just all. don't know how to contain my excitement for it. That is the problem. You can, uh, anyway, that yeah. is it. That is uh, our roundup of Comic Con. Uh, if you've got your highlights, you can let us know. You can email ign underscore uk feedback at ign.com. 
Now, that was one of the kind of highlights of the last week or so, but there was some bad news uh, earlier this week when CEO of Nintendo, uh, Iwata, passed away on Monday, I believe, age 55. Now, Very young. Incredibly young. Now, I didn't know that much about Iwata, you know, uh, uh, apart from a few cheap gags. Um, but he was CEO of Nintendo for 13 years. He oversaw, really, what I would say is that company's transition into the mainstream, overseeing like the launch of the Wii, the launch of the DS, uh, and also owning that direct relationship with Nintendo through Nintendo Direct. And I just don't think there is anybody else in the industry like him. Well, I think the measure of the man was the absolute outpouring, universal outpouring yeah. of love and affection for him, which is weird. You don't really get that for a CEO of a company. I yeah. think a CEO is almost synonymous with this cold corporate entity. Like, you can name lots of CEOs who are kind of the butts of lots of jokes. Yeah. Whereas he, what I love about him, he's the head of a company who knew to, how to do everything in that company. Yeah. Like, he started off as a coder, and, like, he was a phenomenal coder. He salvaged Earthbound. He managed to, like, compact Pokemon Gold and Silver. I believe so, Down yeah. so they could fill like, an when, entire when new section of the game. Yeah. He was With the guy game. that came in and fixed it. And it's like... Like, so he, like, obviously... He coded the prototype of Smash Brothers. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a guy that, you know, wasn't brought in to just be the mouthpiece of the company. He was the the lifeblood of the company. Yeah, and he... Is that th and it's the thing that I think circulated most um, frequently on the internet this week. He did this talk at GDC, I don't know, like five, six, seven, eight years ago. And he said, on my business card, I am a corporate CEO. Mm. In my heart, and in my head, I'm a game developer. In my yeah. heart, I'm a gamer. Yeah. And he's a man who loved video games, yeah. loved them in a very pure way, and made the, his life work. Yeah. And just all the stuff he used to do, and I don't think you really appreciated it at the time, because it was just always something he did, like the Water Ask, the Nintendo Directs, like the silly things he did. Yeah. Like, he was a corporate CEO, and he was doing videos where he's like jumping around and doing martial arts. Yeah. He's happy to make himself look silly because he wasn't being silly he he was he was in on the joke with everyone yeah whereas you like used to laugh at people like steve ballmer for being a buffoon yeah, yeah, when yeah. he headed up microsoft this is a guy who everyone loved and thought they had like a kind of a connection and that sounds really cheesy yeah but he he created that with people but like yeah on, on my um twitter feed i saw a few people who uh, like older people like me that play games with their kids and their kids were really sad that this guy that they'd had that connection with through Nintendo He told Direct, them about new games. Um, were like genuinely like, you know, shedding a tear which is, you know, it's, it's just, just unheard of and I just, I'd be surprised if we ever see anything like it ever again really. Mm. So. Yeah. And it's like he was the first elected president of Nintendo that wasn't, didn't have family ties to yeah. the Yamauchi family. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everything had it like just everyone seemed to love the guy. Yeah. And he, you know, he oversaw the introduction of the Wii, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. The biggest that, success. That changed everything. Yeah. Like that, that's, I mean, that is unique. We're not even, you know, we've gone way past that now. They, yeah. That was a time when everyone Fighting. was in the living room playing together. We're yeah. not really there anymore. Yeah. But for a brief period of time, that changed the world of gaming. And, and when it wasn't going quite so well, uh, more recently, he took a 50% pay cut. Yeah, so no like, one would get sacked. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. you know... And it's those, just, are, those no are amazing would. quotes. It's like, I never felt like he was my boss. I felt like he was my friend who was enabling me to do my best work. Yeah. That's, a mate, that's what you want from your boss. Rob Crossley from GameSpot made a really nice um, video, a bit true for Iwata, yeah. where he said, like, yeah, like, maybe the Wii wasn't the biggest success ever and the 3DS wasn't the biggest success it could have been compared to the predecessors of um, both consoles. But it's like, 
that's because Nintendo are a company that take risks. Yeah. And like any company that takes risks, like an Apple, you're going to have failures because that's just the nature of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So anyway, yeah, we uh, that's us paying our respects to Oata, who will mm. be sadly missed. Yeah. So let's move on to more positive things. So uh, looking at the kind of the cool stuff that happened this week. Now, Krupa, uh, we mentioned earlier, but Ant-Man is finally out. This is this is the gold of the week. The gold, if uh, you will. The gold. I, I uh, cannot wait to hear what the bad stuff is called. We'll get to that <laughs> in a minute. Um, so, yeah, Ant-Man is my pick of the week. It's out this week. And, you know, this movie was delayed, had lots of problems going in, well-publicized problems. Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish attached to... Oh, Edgar Wright they both wrote the movie still get a writing credit on the mm. movie Edgar Wright was attached for a long long time he kind of dropped out shooting went back they had to rewrite the script and it turns out that it's not a mess like, everyone thought it might have been Marvel's first big kind of failure obviously it still hasn't come out yet so we don't know what kind of money it's going to make but we saw it a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. I like it I think a, a lot more than Chris like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's perfect I think some of the jokes don't quite land but I thought it was a really entertaining fun movie and generally reviews have been pretty positive yeah, on it. yeah. Um, yeah I, don't, I don't see how you could really dislike it it's a it's very likeable yeah. film and it, it it differs, and as we kind of suspect it might, it's 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 a smaller kind of superhero. Yeah, it scaled things back a little bit, which is which really what I wanted from well. Marvel. You know, obviously everything's big in it because he's yeah. small, but yeah. that's kind of what I wanted from Marvel was a smaller story. It's a smaller group coming, of characters coming well. after the Age of Ultron. I think we needed something to cleanse the palate a bit. It's just like you, your head, you can get your head around and you can understand what's going on. Because where yeah. Avengers is about like excess and like I and mean, actually in Ant-Man they make a couple of digs at kind of the events of the Avengers and mm. how ridiculous it is this is a small group of characters a small kind of family drama and even though Avengers was kind of it had to introduce like Wakanda and a few of the Black Panther characters and other stuff like that Ant-Man does actually set up quite a few other things but I think he does it in a a much more savvy and natural way that doesn't feel as crowbarred in there yeah. I think Paul Rudd obviously is really likeable I think Michael Douglas is great Yeah, I really like Michael Douglas in it I think he adds a lot of kind of gravity but neither of them are the star of the show are they? Um, do you think it's thing? I think Michael Pena <laughs> it's so bizarre he plays um, <laughs> he plays one of Paul Rudd's friends a yeah. criminal and you know I don't want to give much away but just the way he's decided to perform it and the lines he's got <laughs> he's not like that at all in real life he's so funny it's by far the funniest character in the in that universe now right. like you, uh, you know I went in thinking Paul Rudd is going to be the, the kind of the wisecracking yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah. the new funniest yeah. thing in, in that universe they're going to have to write him into other movies imagine, he's that funny. imagine if he turns up in like a really more serious movie <laughs> I think he will. I think he will. I interviewed him for the World Trade Center movie. <laughs> yeah, that was serious. Because also, um, also, because I think for a long time people were thinking that Ant Man feels like the Marvel movie that kind of got gestated in isolation. It's going to be less involved in the bigger Marvel universe, and that's not no, the case whatsoever. Yeah. And that's maybe where the Edgar Wright thing diverged because what we heard was they wanted it to tie in more neatly. And there's yeah. lots of cool stuff. Yeah, and so two really good Easter eggs mm. and post credit sequences. Yeah, I just found it ever so slightly bland. Okay. Like it's not it's not stayed with me that much. But that said, I will be seeing it again. Mm. I I, th- I think I want to make judgment past judgment after two viewings on that one. I think the finale is amazing. Anyway. There you go. Like one of the things I'm excited about: a uh, new trailer for Transformers: Devastation, which <clears> came out <throat> Comic Con this week. 
Uh, if you don't know, it's Transformers, um, but it's Transformers done by Platinum Games, which have got a history of doing amazing action games. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. What did you think? Yeah, I think on paper, yeah. amazing. I'm slightly worried because Platinum make some exceptional games, but they also make a couple of quick games. Sure. Like the Legend of Korra game, yeah, 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 yeah. which is, looks like in a similar style, yeah. got really terrible reviews and was really repressive. Yeah. So I hope it's like the rest of the work. Because the director is the same as Revengeance, yeah. which is a great game. See, that's the thing. Like, It has the potential to be incredible because it's a pretty simple point. The art style is amazing. Yeah, the art style is incredible. And it has the potential to be amazing in terms of... It's a simple idea. It's basically robots fighting robots. And it's G1. But they do that really well. Platinum does like kind of arcade combat better than anybody else. So it could be amazing. You are right. It could be average. But from what I saw... It's just because the they're... I don't know if they've grown their studio a lot, but they're making a lot of games as yeah. well. They're making that. They're making the Scalebound game. But I thought he looked awesome. But it's the first Transformers game that I thought... Actually, that really... But it's like your Transformers every, as well. Exactly, yeah. It's G1. Everything it's, about it. The, the visual style, the sound effects and everything. Like, oh man, that and, is... And the way that those movies on. don't feel like the Transformers oh, we grew up with. something else. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Saw, I saw the trailer when I was, uh, I was over there and thought, ooh. Yeah. I'm interested ooh. in this. Yeah. So I'm excited, but you're right. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is when we actually get to play. Uh, this is just a little one. I mean, I, I was trying to think, like, because I could have given you a million responses from Comic Con about what's good at the moment, because that was the news this week. Yeah. So I'm just going to talk about something that I picked up from a lot 20 years ago, which is Preacher. A lot of people have told me to read Preacher, never got around to doing it, and then um, the TV show is in production, and there wasn't anything at Comic Con, unfortunately, but. With that coming, I thought, I'll have a go. Oh, I love it. Yeah? Yes. Oh. I only read the first 12 issues. Um, I think there's maybe 66 issues altogether. And yeah, I'm, I'm well into it immediately. I can see what the appeal is. Uh, it's going to make a really good TV show. Quite a shocking one. Like, really dark humour. I can see why the movie probably never took off, because it's, it's, it's got it's got a... Well, it's called Preachers. a very religious bent to it, and it's quite... It's not nice about Christianity right. whatsoever. But yeah, and, and it's Seth Rogen. I've met quite a few filmmakers who, when you ask what their dream project is, they've said Preacher. And so it's Seth Rogen that's getting to do it, him and Evan Goldberg. And I think, yeah, that, that's in safe hands because I think they can do something with that dark humour. But yeah, I wish I'd, I wish I'd looked at it before. Yeah, I should have yeah. listened to everyone. You should have listened to it. Anyone here read it? No, oh. unfortunately. I thought you guys might have. I thought we might have had a conversation. No. I should have checked. Yeah. We borrowed it after uh, me. I think Gav's a fan, isn't he? Probably. She, it's so. Shep's favourite comic. Right. Someone, someone we work okay. with. Um, I'll bring it in after. <laughs> okay. On the topic of Seth Rogen, I watched uh, 22 Jump Street the other day, mm-hmm. which I think for the first, well, when the credits <laughs> rolled to when the credits finished, I thought was really average. Mm. But I thought the end credit sequence was by far and away the best stuff. Definitely. It's the funniest um, bit in and the film. I, and I'd quite happily have just watched that like two minute sequence. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Okay. In the first one. They kind well, of screwed themselves now because they can't do any of those ideas. <laughs> they're really good ideas. Well, don't watch the film. Just watch the. End, okay, I'll just do that. It sounds yeah, quicker. it's out there. Now. I think yeah. we might have spoiled it for everyone. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, well, I hadn't seen it, um, and I was literally about to switch <laughs> off, and then that rolled, and I was like, "This yeah, is it's great. Brilliant. It's brilliant." Yeah. Um, the last thing that's gold for me, uh, actually, it sits somewhere between gold and mold. Creepers, creepers, not mine. I'm giving it away now. Uh, is um, Black Ops Call of Duty Black Ops revealed its zombie cast now it's um, set in the 1940s it's called Shadows of Evil um, 
but it's got some really kind of big Hollywood celebs. It's got Ron Perlman, mm-hmm. Heather Graham, and Jeff Goldblum, which bit, is kind of incredible. Um, but Call of Duty doing this a lot recently. Like you know, they had Malkovich recently, and they also had Spacey last year. Space Man. Space. Have Man. you seen the trailer? No. It's very different from. No, those. no, but I'm, I'm talking about getting Hollywood. Yeah. Now, I couldn't pick out any of Jeff Goldblum's lines in there. If he is in there, then maybe mm. he's doing a funny voice. But it is. <laughs> he always does a funny voice. It, but it's <laughs> practically. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of. That's, it's Ron Perlman that's, that's, um, going. I'm doing. Just wait. Shh. It's Ron Perlman um, just making like funny quips as he shoots a zombie in the head. So I like the idea of that they've got these big uh, Hollywood um, heavyweights in there. I'm not sure the execution is going to be that cool. Rory is the man. Rory loves zombies. We actually spoke to Ron Perman at Comic-Con. And? Uh, I don't know. I just heard it was challenging. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> it was one that I really wanted to do, and I put my name forward, and I didn't get to, I couldn't fit it in my schedule, and then I was quite glad I didn't. Right. Love it when that happens. Just to add it on top of all of your other classic awkward interviews. interviews. <laughs> oh, I really missed out on that other awkward interview. I could have made awkward. <laughs> uh, like one of the really bad things that happened this week, one of the definite moulds, uh, was that there was a dead item to Jägerbomb. <laughs> you won't get that joke. It's a really good joke. <laughs> You're so happy with I'm it. I'm so happy with it. So, I, can't, I know so, what all those words mean. So, so Dead Island 2 yeah. was in development by a team called Jaeger. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But they've... Uh, <laughs> Deep Silver uh, and uh, Jaeger have since split. So it's a bit of a Jaeger bomb. Yep. On that Jaeger, bo- Jaeger bombshell. Yeah, so, see, that's a game that was due to come out in spring this year. Mm. And then, literally about two or three weeks beforehand, it was like, oh, it's gone back to next year. And then here we are, It's they've split with the developer. So <laughs> Who's making it? I can't see how that's no. going to end nicely. No. But, it, but it it'll was, hopefully have a kick-ass trailer. But it, and also a really good pun, just like, yep. like that. Trailers, though, slowing music, like using slow music, like that Suicide Squad one yeah. does. If you cha- if you change the music, I don't know. If that, I don't know. Well, I think the music, see, see, like the original, we said with Dead Island. The original Dead Island was the kind of pioneer for that in terms of most definitely. You know, like changing things, turning things on its head. Um, and the Dead Island two trailer was good as well. I don't know if yeah, you remember, I remember that. I like, do. Yeah, yeah. Know, um, the guy running along Venice Beach, um, but. You know, I was excited about Jaeger developing that game because they had a history of making games that were narratively quite strong. Yeah. And the original Dead Island was good for action, but it's a bit had no about, narrative. About, yeah. it? So it would have made a nice mix, but who knows? I have no idea what's going to happen with that game. I don't even know we're going to... I guess the next time we'll probably see it is maybe even E3 next year. I don't know. But God knows. No time soon. It's uh, dead in the water. Uh, one thing that Dan and I saw uh, today, in fact, although <laughs> you, we can't get a hand on it, it's early footage, so we saw 15 minutes from the new Peter Pan movie called Pan, which is directed by Joe Wright, a very esteemed British director, and it stars uh, Hugh Jackman and Garrett Hedlund and um, Rooney Mara right. and a new young chap called Levi, something or other, Yeah, Australian kid, plays Peter Pan, and yeah, it was hard to get a hand on it, but we weren't overly impressed I think it's fair to say so there's a few points in the trailer which kind of 
jarred a little bit. So I think the first one and the one that we're both in massive agreement about was there's a scene where um, Peter is whisked away. He's stolen from his orphanage. It seems like it's set during... They talk about evacuation. Yeah, it I looks think like it's World War II. It's World War II. Yeah. So 1939 to 45, that's what a period. And he's whisked away to Neverland. He arrives there. This is before the time of Captain Hook. Um, Blackbeard is in charge, played by Hugh Jackman. And he's like liberated all these kids and they, they seem to be like at work for him in a mine. Yeah. And before Blackbeard arrives to address them, they start chanting. Yeah. And the thing Singing, they start... Singing, chanting, like a choral Choral thing. thing like they on. want him, they're anticipating, they're beckoning him out of his of his ship. And I, in my head, I was like, I recognise that. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Why is that? And you immediately... And then, and then when the yeah. light's out... <laughs> entertainers yeah it's, 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 smells like it's teen, teen spirit. spirit by nirvana and uh, it's like what and then How and then this? hugh jackman emerges he jumps up into like on yeah. this little stand he starts shouting it back at them i'm like yeah it's this Who? weird juxtaposition you're like it's shoehorning in this song that they thought would be cool to put in this but scene and it makes no sense but i don't, yeah, but like I don't Max beyond thunder but that's what it looks like, like but okay. i don't understand but i don't know i don't know what it means right also it's so jarring in the context of the film it's like where does this come from because that's a real world song yeah and you're creating a fantasy and the real mm. world this fantasy is based upon is a kid's life in the 1930s 40s that song hadn't been written for 40 years uh, that's what that's <laughs> where it's that's where it's really strange for me it takes me completely out of the moment because i mean I, like, I can deal with stuff like that like the great gatsby did it and and uh, uh knight's tale did it I, I don't mind it it just it just felt like the wrong song choice to be honest mm. as well like it just felt like it well, did joe Wright said that the tone of the film is mis- mischief mischievous film and nirvana were pretty mischievous they were. i mean we'll see it's it's obviously a film and i mentioned this in a q a afterwards that's that's aimed that parents and children alike which I guess a lot of these blockbusters are these days it felt to me much more like a kids film than something that you and your mates would go yeah, and see right. and, if you, and it's being set up as like a you know they're obviously wanting it to be a, a, a franchise a new potter and, yeah and right. uh, we'll see it, it's hard to judge it I think as a as a as an adult because it felt like I was watching 50 minutes of a kid's yeah, film and like a lot of the performances particularly like I actually didn't mind Hugh Jackman in it he's doing a thing he's doing a cartoon character it's pretty broad it's like a boo- almost like a mighty boost kind of thing like he's a, a big it's a big performance mm. but it kind of works because that's what it's all about I thought some of the stage it, like some of the like sets look really set like mm. as well there's one no but it doesn't look this bit where they're like it's supposed to be this enclave within a jungle yeah. and it looks like they're on a sound stage right. well, I said to Dan that was that was my problem with Hook you, you didn't feel like you were in Never Neverland yeah. you felt like you were in a studio that was yeah. being done up to look like Never Neverland yeah. so we'll see we've got it's out it's out of Christmas but we weren't overly no. infused as a side note as, have either of you seen the um, the shovel that sounds like Teen Spirit I haven't no <laughs> I keep seeing <laughs> people <laughs> tweeting about it and I keep seeing do I want to click on this I actually eventually clicked on it, it it's, actually, it's actually really good Okay. Shall I get it? Shall I get it up on the phone? Get I'll on, get it up in a minute. Get it on your phone while uh, Chris yeah, okay. is telling we'll, us we'll about the last bit. People okay. love this shit. Okay, and again, this is one where I can't really judge this early, but this is something that's very close to my heart. Uh, Alex, are you a fan of The Last Starfighter? Uh, I've seen it, but do you know what? It's one of those films that I literally could not tell you anything about. It's worth a rewatch. Right. Okay. It's one that one of those 80s movies that really holds up. It's got that Amblin kind of, even though it's not an Amblin movie, that Amblin thing that makes you feel like... 
a kid again when you watch it. Right. And it's really, it's a really well put together story. It's a 1984 movie and it's about a kid who lives in a trailer park, is depressed, just wants to escape and he's really good at this video game and it turns out it's not just a video game. It's been, this, this cabinet has been sent to planets all over the universe and it's a test to find the starfighters to fight this intergalactic war that's happening. And so he ends up being beamed up into space and goes on this amazing adventure. And... It's pretty much ever since it's come out, people have said, let's do a sequel or a, a remake. And the guy that owns the, the rights has just been very mysterious and been hard to get hold of. I know Seth Rogen wanted to do it. Spielberg wanted to do it. Uh, Gary Witter certainly was trying to trying to get hold of the rights. Right. And um, this guy started doing interviews lately, and he said that he didn't even know the rights had reverted back to him, which I think is quite interesting. <laughs> but he's just announced at Comic-Con that they're going to do a TV show. Right. Awesome, but then the more I read about it, the more I thought, oh, this isn't what I wanted okay. at all. Uh, it's doing it with a company called Surreal, um, and it doesn't continue the story at all. And I read somewhere that it will have nothing; to, they won't involve a video game or this adventure, which is the whole point of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. it could be you. Well, that's yeah. You, the, all the time you spend in the arcade could actually be working towards something. Yeah. Um, so they're talking about a serialized story about alien law enforcement, about instilling a moral code. And um, this is from, I think, Variety. While most of it is meant to be viewable on plain old TVs, it would also feature special scenes that break the frame, allowing viewers equipped with virtual reality headsets to look around and explore the inside of a spaceship oh. or immerse themselves in an alien firefight. And it's called Starfighter Chronicles. And, I mean, I guess people should start developing these kind of things now for the future, but right now, like... I'm not interested in that. No. What TV broadcaster is going to broadcast that if everyone's no. going to require a VR set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, just, it just seems like a, a, an idea that might not come to fruition. Yeah. When this would be a very easy thing to reboot and, and well, make a really great new franchise yeah, out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's been so, well, so much anticipation and we could have had something that we really wanted. Yeah. Mm. We could have had Spielberg and Seth Rogen and Gary, I don't know. We'll see, but anyway, who knows? We'll all be sat there with our Oculus Rifts on, looking at the inside of a spaceship, going, I this could is be amazing. Wrong. I, did, I did try the virtual reality uh, Warcraft uh, app, right? Uh, which, I mean, I mean, you'd have a go. You okay. did it, Dan, didn't you? Yeah. It's quite good fun. Yeah. You, 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 download it, you download the app to your iPhone and then put it in this little... Um, Cobble box. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you, ride, you ride a griffin for like two minutes. <laughs> It's really good. That's what Chris did for all the comic on. Chris, Chris, you want to do your interview? Well, it was embarrassing. I was with the, 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 the director of Warcraft, his wife, and the guy who did the visual effects. And they were like, oh, you've got to try this. And they hand me the box. I was like, yeah, I will. And they were like, no, try it now. We're in the middle of Comic-Con. There's people wandering around. I've got this thing on. They made me watch it twice, second time with music. I'm going like this. While I'm pretty sure they were photographing me and filming me, which is quite That's embarrassing. That's what always happens with VR. Yeah, that is the point of virtual reality. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't best pleased about that, but do give it a go. Okay. GG. <laughs> I should point out that's not all actually all, all the show. No. Okay. Th- what they've done there, you may not realise, they might have cut that with the actual song. That's just the, um, the dung Yeah. Wow. Just that bit. Even that sounds fake. Lovely stuff. That's not in pan. Uh, let's move on to uh, listener feedback. And okay. uh, who's got the first bit? First bit is from Andrew Voak, um, friend of the podcast. He's just written in to share his thoughts on the passing of Satoru Iwata. He said he's one of the precious few people in the industry that always kept his focus on what I feel is taking a backseat in the gaming industry lately. 
fun and accessibility. I love a lot of grim and gritty stuff we see nowadays too, of course, but I always found his attitude both refreshing and uplifting. And we had several emails to a similar effect. I have an email from Carl Chester Marsden who says, This week I made a slot in my diary for Ex Machina after hearing many good things in the last few months. I really enjoyed the film and felt it could have been called Black Mirror's Ex Machina's style seemed very familiar to that of Charlie Brooker's Channel 4 hit. My question to you is, what TV show would you like to have a big screen release? I think, I guess it's like Brad, Black Mirror and that it's just smart sci-fi. Like You could apply that to a lot of a lot of things and... Black Mirror is a bit like The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone, yeah. but with a bit more technology. Glad you liked it, though. We loved it. Um, another Charlie Brooker thing that I really liked was Dead Set. I mean, it was a perfectly formed little was that TV the show. Zombie, zombie. The Big Brother, Big Brother yeah, 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 yeah. Much better than it sounds when yeah. you hear the idea. Yeah. Because it's him writing. It's really, really smartly put together. Yeah. That would make a good movie. Uh, Banana Man. Written about that before. Are you segued? I think that, I think there is a, a Banana Man movie in in kind of they're trying to get made at the moment. But Banana Man, it, I mean, it's ripe for a really good superhero spoof. I think, yeah. and Banana Man would do the job. Uh, Miss- sure, will that translate to America? Surely, Banana Man. Well, they have Man bananas never- in America. Yeah, but they I have don't men. Think Banana Man was ever. Was it? Where is he from? He's from English. Oh, Acacia, 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 Acacia Avenue. Avenue. Acacia Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Eric. <laughs> what? He's called Eric. Super yeah. Ted. Like. Oh, I've got Super Ted down there. <laughs> oh of course you have. All right, I'll let, you guys, I'll let you guys discuss more. What since. have you got? My problem is that I, I, I <laughs> oh, feel that very many. few TV shows translate well to movies. Yeah. And so I'd like to see no TV shows translated to movies. There well, you go, Kyle. No, nothing. <laughs> because um, I'm going to actually go with the spirit of the question. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a cool concept. Quantum Leap. I've written down Quantum Leap. Sure have you ooh. not seen Source Code? Have you not seen Source Code? Yeah, but that's Quantum Leap. So that's why I think they should do a Quantum Leap movie. Uh, what about Danger Mouse? Well, we're getting a TV show. <laughs> There's, um, but it works as a TV show, but not as a movie. Loads see? of good TV shows have, have made good movies. Like what? Uh, I can't think of any right now. 21 Jump Street's <laughs> a good example. That was a movie. That was never a TV show. <laughs> Alex didn't realise that before the podcast. <laughs> It was a massive TV show. Like when, like when you were like sixteen, it was a massive TV show. I was too busy watching. Red working. Wolf. Alice was working. I was working at Down to Pit. <laughs> that Down to Amiga magazine. Twenty One Jump Street was one of the reasons I I asked my dad to get Sky. TJ Hooker. That was never a film. <laughs> no, but I want it to be a film. Do you? It wasn't actually that good. The Equalizer, but that was a film. That you liked. I, li- I liked. Well, that you just answered your own question. <laughs> but Ewa Ewa was in it. I'm glad we put this question <laughs> in. You've shown yourself up. <laughs> I do know that it was a film that I liked. Mash went the other way, so that doesn't count. I could think of millions, but let's move on. I'd rather not. Go on then. Uh, Harry, Emerson, <laughs> Harry Emson, sorry, uh, wrote in to say, uh, I want to ask what superhero movie you guys are each looking forward to the most. There's lots. Uh, personally, I'm most looking forward to Infinity Wars. Mm. I'm most looking forward to Doctor Strange because that's got a big thespy cast. I'll cross that out then. That's my choice. Oh, great. (laughs) Choose the Ledger 4, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tilda Swinton, directed by horror director Scott Derrickson. They say it's going to open the supernatural into the Marvel Universe. I think that could have loads of really distinctively weird and horrific things in it. When you've got villains like Nightmare and Dormammu and stuff, Mm. that's going to be cool. I'm going to go Deadpool after seeing the trailer from Comic-Con. Um, just something that feels a bit different from all the yeah. other 
superhero uh, stuff that we've seen recently. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to get one of the stars of Deadpool in the office next week as well. Mm. Uh, you can check him out. There's a good interview with him already on the site. Ed Screen is his yep. name. He was <coughs> in Game of Thrones. But yeah, he's in Deadpool and he's the new Transformer. A transformer <laughs> transporter. <laughs> I was going to say, is he Optimus Prime? <laughs> he's Rodimus. Uh, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because I like that film so much and they're the characters I just most want to spend more time with out of anyone in any of these universes so cool so yeah we've gone two Marvel and one Fox Marvel Marvel poor old DC no (laughs) No, who always get in the neck me and Crips always get in the neck for being uh, anti-DC but we've not released enough yet we say what we see Creeper. Good. Um, Jamie, um, Jamie Martin, who heads up the IGN UK podcast um, Facebook Legend. group. Uh, he's written in because we, obviously we've got this ongoing thing. We have the good stuff, the bad stuff of every week. He's written in with suggestions that we might use in the future episodes. So write in with more suggestions. How can people write and suggest them out? They can email IGN underscore UK feedback IGN.com. We shouldn't say them now. We should just use them rather than well, golden mold. Don't oh. this creeper suggest. Go on. Well, we'll, say, well, okay, we'll, go, we'll do Jamie's next week for a bit of continuity. We've All teased right. it this week. Okay. You can find out Jamie's on next week's show. Oh. If, if someone who's on next week's show remembers to use them. The first cliffhanger of the new season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the new 289 episode run season. <laughs> uh, I've got an email from Marty Kings who writes in and says, hi. Hello. Oh, yeah, that's all he wrote. <laughs> Thanks, Marty. But Cheers. good to know that the, the email was checked for viruses by a virus antivirus soft, software, so I don't think we were infected. That's by classic Marty, though. <laughs> he's writing classic Marty. He's, he's, at least he's made the effort, and you can he's, too. He's blunt. Is he? Yep. So to finish this week's podcast, we're just going to tease a competition that's going on uh, right now on site. You... Mm-hmm. Actually, you can't. Mm-mm. If you're listening to this, you can win a one terabyte PS4 filled with a ton of games some of which were picked by me and by him but not you can i have one pick uh if you pick a list one of the games on the list you can got pick, it pick a game uh, that one no just pick one i'll tell you if it's on the words list. with friends oh, God <laughs> damn it <laughs> duck hunt what do you know what <laughs> I, oh, arkham asylum well, arkham city the, uh, arkham knight is on there <laughs> damn you I, I will watch god Oh, here we Father. go. <laughs> what, actually, what's going uh, on uh, here? I almost played. I almost said Goodfellas. I will. I will watch Godfather if yeah, you so. play all the way through Arkham Knight. I was if that'll take me bloody years. I did play Wait, the first one. How much? Um, I played it for about an afternoon. That's good. Good of you. I think mean, that's quite good. Double the time you probably spend watching the Godfather Part One. Yeah, but it's taken me this long to get as far as well as not as far as anything. So if I wanted to win this, <laughs> didn't say anything. <laughs> anyway, so some of the stuff that's up for grabs is uh, Bloodborne Nightmare Edition. Ooh, my pick. super you limited edition. Buy for love nor well, money. You can buy it for a load of money. Okay. Uh, so you could eBay it if you win this competition. <laughs> uh, my pick of the games that's going to be in there is Grand Theft Auto Five because it's a brilliant game. Get the Last of Us remastered, which is a classic. This is actually one of the best prizes we've done. Yeah, like we've given away some right rubbish. Yeah, but this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke Marley picked uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which was iGen's game of the year last year. Uh, that's part of the bundle. What did you pick? I put Marvel Lego. Oh well, not everyone's a winner, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> funny. 
funny. Uh, but if you want to get involved and you want to win that competition, that do check out the site. We'll put the link in the story for the podcast, which you will find on IGN.com. And I think that's pretty much it for this week. Anything else to add? No, it feels like it's been a long one. Ooh. Good. <laughs> Apologies for that. Long but exciting, hopefully. Yeah, lots to say. Good. Uh, that's it for this week, and we will, of course, be uh, back same time next week. So until then, goodbye. Dakam. But this is. Well, what is it? This because we just prop going in. Wait. So he says it's a, he talks about a water. Oh, I'm almost sick in my mouth. <laughs> no, that's so close. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Were you recording all this? <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought a little burp was going to come out, but quite a lot of liquid can came we put this in a, Can we put this in the Z? <laughs> oh. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.